Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel with your hosts, Doug and Jamie. We are back and this is the movie podcast where we're talking sequels and we do it in two parts. The first, an interview with an actor, someone involved that made the film worth watching. And the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong, and how it could have been better. Really hope you enjoyed last week's interview with Jerry Wasserman. He is the gentleman in this film that gets his hand bitten off by the crazed dog. And that guy's awesome. He's been in over over 200 films. And if you listen to the interview, great. If not, go back because his story is so cool. He only got into acting because he had a crush on a girl. She tried out for a play. He did it. And the rest is history. He's been in everything, pretty much everything. You think of it, he was in it. Uh, but before we dive into this week's movie, or maybe fly into this week's movie, I have to introduce you to my partner <laughs> in the sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how you doing? Um, I'm feeling a little disturbed after watching this movie, Doug. I got to be honest. Good disturbed, like the album. Uh, no, no, not the good disturbed. Um, oh. Almost emotionally disturbed. I mean, I'm kind of scarred. And this is the first time seeing this movie. So this was uh, an eye opener. Yeah, did you ever, did you see the first one? Oh, of course, many times. And this one just really kicks it up one, a little bit. This one's a little different. This one definitely pulls on the emotional strings in some points. Yeah. No, we'll get into it. There's a, there's a lot to break down. But before we do, we have a guest this week. Uh, he was the one who helped us break down Leatherface, Tech Chainsaw Massacre 3, provided a lot of insight. He loves horror, so he had to come back for this. Chris Egan. Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, Doug. It's, uh, it's awesome to be back, especially... You know, in this lockdown that we're all in, yeah, uh, it's you know it's good to see a friendly face other than yes. other than my wife. As as much as I like looking at her, but you know, I'm glad to see you, see you guys, and uh, I'm super excited to talk about this movie. Well, I think I think after staring at our faces, you're going to want to go right back to your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the fly to when we were talking like months ago, like I interviewed Jerry a while back, and uh, I remember talking to Chris, and he's like, "Oh, I'd love to do that." And I just remember. This is like one of those movies I had on VHS and man, we'll get into it, but man, there's some of these scenes that disturbed me as a kid, but now as an adult watching it, you know, at four 30 in the morning, when my daughter was seething, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So we'll, we'll get started in it. I, I watched this with my daughter and she, <laughs> she, she was bawling at one scene. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll get to it. I think I know which one. <laughs> I got news to you. I almost bawled. <laughs> it yeah. was rough. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, I, I was laughing because I, I was listening to last week's episode, and and you mentioned uh, that this movie scarred me as a child. But but I think I think you were uh, imprinting your own memories on me because I didn't see this till I was in like high school. Uh, okay. Uh, but I was it did crack me up because you know there's stuff in this movie that definitely like messed with me even then. Yeah. Um, but uh, I. I I'm a huge fan of the original. So of course I, I've seen this one actually probably almost as many times, um, but it, it's been, it's been probably, you know, probably at least a solid 10 years since I watched it. So I was really like, I was really excited to get back into it. <laughs> nice. It was a really nice re- refresher. So the movie opens up now. I haven't seen the first one in a while, but the original obviously happens at bar talk industry, right? No. Um, I think, they're either briefly mentioned or they're not mentioned at all. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, Seth Brundle, who's uh, Jeff Goldblum's character in the original, he mentions working for a company and, you know, he's, he's doing like experiments offsite, like in his, his like giant warehouse loft apartment. Um, 
but I don't know if Bartok's actually mentioned. They might be, but it's you know it's probably one of those just minor details that gets thrown out there. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it took. I mean, I thought it was, but it, it took me a while to realize that that was Gene. It's supposed to be Gene Davis because they use a different actress. I mean, this movie. Yeah. I mean, you don't see it too often, but this movie just jumps right in. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. you, you, you hear, I thought it was cool. You hear the buzzing noise of the fly right in the beginning. I'm like, all right, this is cool. You see the title. And then no credits and it just jumps. I mean, it doesn't waste any time. Yeah. And it hits you. It hits you not only with like horrifying, like emotional stuff with a childbirth and that's going c- completely awry. Yeah. And then it hits you with the gr- like immediately gross out monster stuff. Oh. <laughs> and then, and there's a part of me that like, when I'm watching that scene, you're like, you're, you're into it. You're immediately into the movie. But then, it, like, as soon as you see it's not Gina Davis, it kind of pulls you out for a second. Yeah. But the emotional stuff definitely keeps it going. And, and it's, there's no explanation. I mean, like, you know, this it just dives right into it. I mean, I was a little confused at first. I wasn't sure what was going on. I had no idea what this movie was about. So yeah. I didn't know, you know, I really, I, I thought it was going to be like a regular sequel. You know, another guy turns to a fly. Like, I didn't realize what this was about. And this is... This is intense. They they knock you right in the face right in the beginning. But it's funny, these scientists, this is obviously the first time a fly creature gives birth, and they seem like it's so normal. And when he holds it up to Bartok, who's in like the observation deck, he holds it up almost like Simba in Lion King. And he just looks at it, and they're like, oh, this is what it is. And then why is there, that's what I don't understand. Why is there a baby inside there? Why is it, is that a cocoon? It's really just, the well, outside think, of a fly, sort of. No, it's well. I think it's supposed to be like a weird. Egg, it's like an egg sac thing that, like, a, oh. like, an insect would lay. But then inside of it, because he's part human or even mostly human, he's like you know he looks like a human baby within that. But yeah, when that, <laughs> I don't know what's more disturbing is that scene or the or the birth scene in the original. I think the birth scene in the original, but this is this is up there. Wait, there's uh, a birth scene in the original. So, yeah. So, real quick in the original when. Gina Davis's character, she finds out she's pregnant in that movie. And she has a nightmare that she's giving birth to like a giant larva worm, which is why she's not in this movie because she said filming that messed her up so badly that wow. she, she was like, I can't do another. I don't know why gross out. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I can't do another gross out fly monster birth scene. And that's why she's not in it. That's literally the only reason. So, well, they, you know, I, it, 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 they didn't even try to find someone that looks like her either. I mean, again, it I, was did, so- I did notice there's a scene, there's this scene where she's like crying. It's like right before she starts to die and the camera is like at her feet looking up at her. And there's a weird angle where she kind of looks like Gina <laughs> Davis. I was like, I see what they were going for. I see, I see that they kind of, they kind of knew what they were doing, but yeah, for the most part, you're like, Oh, it's not Gina. Bring back Gina. You know, there's, there's one thing that I see occurring a lot in this movie. There's a lot of death. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of remorse. Like no one seems phased by anyone dying in this movie at all. Yep. Yeah. Like it's like it's like it's like they're so used to it. Like all right, yeah, move on. Yeah. Or it's like these people don't have families that they're like, <laughs> oh my god, we have to break the news to you know, Gina Davis's character. You know, not her, but that character died. Are they notifying people? Do people know who she is, or is she had orphans, or what? I, and I mean, in the first one, she's like a famous. She's like a famous ish reporter. She's got to have. Well, I mean, I mean, somewhere. I mean, we get, um, you know, a little bit of, uh, what's his name? Stathis. Like, he was also in the original. You get a little bit of him. Who's like, apparently her only connection. Yeah. 
maybe she's an orphan. I don't know. Maybe mom and dad <laughs> you know, passed on in the years between, but. And he's good. Know. Stathis, he was in the thing I remember him from is don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. He's like that oh, really yeah. creepy, oh. <laughs> like uh, boss guy to Rose and uh, uh, Christina Applegate at that company. But yeah, so then we see that. And then, dude, the stages of the growth of this kid creature into <laughs> Eric Stoltz is obviously makes sense because a fly, you know, the life cycle is so short. But with the kid, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just creepy, the whole thing. I had, uh, I, I had some thoughts watching it this time around that I <laughs> never, I never really put together the first time. So, so we start off, it's this horrific birth scene, mother dies egg sack baby <laughs> gross right then we get this kid who's like living in a lab he's a super genius he's growing at an accelerated rate it turns into like a weird disney movie for like part of it it's like uh did you ever see like daryl yeah of course or, or like you know flight of the navigator where the kid's living in the lab for like a, a extended amount of time it reminded me of that and it's a it's a weird it was a weird emotional whiplash yeah that i had and i never experienced that before and i've seen this movie you know probably 10 times already but I was well, like, oh, are, are, are flies supposed to be smart well i think it's supposed to i think it's one supposed to be that seth seth was a genius his father and gina davis's character was a, like an extremely intelligent reporter and then you already and then you have like this accelerated fly so he's like everything's accelerated i think that's what they were going for because because his father is was supposed to be like one of the smartest men ever basically um so i think they're playing on that but you know it works it works for me you know, yeah in the context of the movie okay so let me ask you this so in the first movie he doesn't do a successful transportation correct so it's it's kind of like this where there's a bunch of test runs they try um, he tried, he actually, he tries like a baboon and the baboon like explodes like a microwave. Um, he tries like, uh, he tries like, a, oh, he's tries steak. There's a, there's a really gross scene where he tries a steak and he runs it through. But when it comes out, there's something off about it. It looks all right. But when he, when he tastes it, it's, uh, or Gina Davis tastes it. And he's like, she's like, oh, it tastes like synthetic which is what gets his brain going. And he figures out like what to put in the computer to make it like realize like it's, it's like, it should be transporting organic uh, instead of just duplicating it. So, so, you know, I, I, and and we're not there yet. This is definitely a hard, like, so why do they try with either a baboon and a a dog instead of using a mouse or like something like, why are they using (laughs) these like huge, you know, like animals, like they, like they, they really try to tug at you. I think I think the baboon he mentions like he gets it he gets them from like the lab because they're doing tests on them anyway, <laughs> and then and then of course the first successful run in the first movie he he does on a, on another baboon, and the baboon comes running out and like hugs him and then he and then that's when he decides to go in himself and try it. So in this it, it, it's a sim it's a similar like uh, you know trial error kind of process, and then you know once he figures it out he he puts himself through. Yeah, you know it's funny you mentioned how the a few minutes ago about like the, the change of the film. And then later in this movie, it turns to a rom-com. There's like a there's, good 15 minutes. Yeah. There's, there's a weird montage <laughs> and it's bizarre. Yeah. There's, the, there's weird phases to this movie. <laughs> How long do they know each other? I think it's, I think it's supposed to be like a few months. I think it's okay. supposed to be, it, it, I know it's, it's not presented like that, but it, okay. it's I, presented like it's like three days. <laughs> I thought it was a day. I thought it was like they met 
and then had sex the next because <laughs> you're you're seeing them like uh hang out and work on the computer and then you're seeing them like have like and then like a couple scenes later they're having dinner together then there's a scene where they're dancing together so i think it's supposed to be weeks if not months yeah, so, you know, they, they don't, I, I agree with you, Doug. They don't explain it that yeah. well. And it, it Show looks a like calendar, a <laughs> newspaper turn or something. <laughs> Give me something. It reminded me of, like, Naked Gun when they go on, like, this long date of, like, a baseball game and travel the world, and they find out it's just one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what would have been, been good if uh, uh, Daphne Zuniga's character, I can't remember her name right now. Beth. Beth. If she had like a like a big flat desk calendar and she's just crossing off the days <laughs> yes. that, they're, like, that they're working on the project, you know? Like, something... You know, you could see weeks or months go by, but I, I you can kind of tell that's what's going on. But yeah, no, they definitely don't explain. Like that. after they're dancing, show her cross of a day on the calendar. Then when they're pretending to fish, like a, or like a Christmas party or something, yeah, they, go yeah. that, they go to that one party, but it's, oh, it's yeah. not for anything in particular. Well, I also have a hard time not, not looking at her as Princess Vespa. I'm oh yeah, <laughs> I think these are the only two movies I've I've seen her in. I don't. Well, she, she was in nine two one zero. I mean, that's the only other thing that she was in. But yes, yeah, uh, yeah I never watched that. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I didn't so, watch. so we'll get to when they meet in a little bit. But so Bartok, the this kid's getting raised in like this lab. It's all set up like a kids' room, sort of with some like scientific equipment, two way mirror. They're just watching everything he does, and then Bartok like uh, has everybody in the room, oh. and he looks at them and he says. You listen to me, and I don't listen to no one. I listen to God. And then he wants to meet the kid. And w- this is the first time you ever met him. He's, I think he's 11 months old. because They're showing the chart. And he goes, I want you to call me dad. Yep. <laughs> it's like, wow, dude. Like. He, there's a lot of there's a lot of creepers in this movie. Oh. I, mean, I mean, he's one of them. The security guard is yes. another one. We'll get to him later. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I. I so what? What's his? I know he's trying to take like take over the world or something. Like what is? What's his goal? Like what's his end goal that he's trying to do? I, sh- I do want to get to that. I think we should get to that a little later because that really doesn't come up till the end of the movie. Who Bartok? Yeah, the thing about okay. him, like he's like, oh, this is going to change the world. I'm going to rule. Okay. Genetics. Yeah, but he said, but, yeah. So that part, but what he says earlier, which is kind of weird, he says that, and it makes no sense. He goes, once this technology, when he's trying to sell it on Martin. He says, then there'll be no surgeries needed. Right. And I don't understand how that would be if, it, if it's really just teleporting. How is that even like, a, obviously he's selling him a story. Yeah. yeah. I, think it's, I think it's somewhat tied to like the end of the movie about like getting, that's the other thing. They, they, <laughs> like if you have like, <laughs> if you have like an ulcer or something that needs to get worked on, the teleportation pod, I don't think it's going to help you out. <laughs> but if you have like a tumor, I think that's what he's getting at. Like, oh, you know, brain surgery will be a thing of the past because we'll be able to like teleport you across and remove the tumor in the process. I, th- <laughs> it's it's really not. You're explained. not explaining it any better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Is it, so we'll just leave the tumor behind, all right? <laughs> the tumor behind. <laughs> so then I'm the tr- kid, ha- the kid has that emotional attachment when he, we see him get a little bit older. He's kind of a smart ass to the the scientist, and well, then he wants to see. Bartok. Well, I mean, it's around the same time. What is that hat that he made? It's from, uh, it looks like it's the same one that Rick Moranis wears <laughs> in Honey, that. I Shrunk the Kids. Exactly. It's a Zelensky model. Yes. <laughs> but, but does it do anything besides shoot water? And and, and voice change. Oh, voice change. <laughs> 
I, I like that. Like he does that and he's talking to the doc, he's talking to uh, Dr. Shepard and, and he's like, well, does it do anything else? And he shoots him in the face with water. <laughs> and I love that his thing, he's like, just do the maze so I can go home and do something more useful. <laughs> it's like this kid's like, like one of a kind. And this guy doesn't want to be here. I'm sure he makes good money, Dr. Shepard. And then he does the maze really quick, hands it back. And he's like, brilliant. And then he just leaves. There seems to be a lot of animosity towards a kid. I mean, for no, for oh, no everybody reason. hates him. And he's like the nicest kid in the world. Like he's like, yeah. the, like he's so innocent and everybody hates him. I think it's cause he's a, he's like a super genius and he's just, he's bored with everybody. So well, he, they I, are, think he's, I think he's kind of a dick to the staff. I think he is. Well, I, I think I have to question the staff that he hired because they seem like morons. Um, the scientists all seem like morons. Uh, <laughs> the security guards seem like morons. I mean, we'll, you know, I mean, when they ask for the magic word, the guy goes abracadabra. Uh. Ask abracadabra. Like, that, that's your scientist. That's like, you know, like, so I think they're, they're a bunch of idiots. And maybe they're just jealous of him. I lost my mind at that scene. I was dying. Abracadabra. It's, it's that's the magic word. Everyone knows that. <laughs> and that's a paid scientist. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, so we talked about the, the timing, like Chris, you talked about like, oh, it's, it's probably like months. So how about when he meets the dog? So he goes, he, he crawls through the dock because he wants to go see Bartok in zone four. So he goes to see the dog. He takes the dog out. He pets them. Then what seems the next day, he gets his dinner. He turns so they don't see him. He puts it into a bag. He wants to bring it to the dog. Is that the next day? I have no idea because... <laughs> That was the thing too. Is, is previously when I watched this movie, I felt like that sequence was a lot longer. <laughs> it was a minute. And and I'm watching it. I was watching it yesterday, and I'm like, oh, he knew the dog for like a day. <laughs> and granted, and granted, like you know, kids, you get latched on to like animals. I think pretty. I mean, I get latched on to any animal, but <laughs> when, I, when you're a kid, I feel like you're just like, oh, that's that's. I love this dog now. I love this cat now, and. So he's like, I think it's supposed to be a few days, but yeah, no, it, he fell in love with this dog and then they murder it in front of him. Oh. We'll, 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 get, we'll get to that. But I, how's, I mean, like, again, I'm going to get back to the security and, you know, this, this is a high tech, you know, building, you know, they have, how is this kid getting, first of all, the security guard is always sleeping. Who's on the camera. Oh, he's horrible. On the video. He's always yeah. sleeping. Then, then, you know, no one sees this kid walking around. He's able to access anywhere he wants like you would think that he would invest a little bit more money into the security in this whole building. And considering the guy has a teleportation, a tele- teleportation pod, you can afford that, but you can't afford good security. Their, their security guys rank from like sleeping on the job <laughs> to like weird secret police. Like these guys, they have no boundaries. They just go wherever they want, shoot at people. Oh. Like, <laughs> this is not shoot, normal. Shoot, shoot at their own, you know. Breaking yeah. the houses, <laughs> looking for people. Yeah, they maybe he had to hire dummies so he can control them. Because there's some parts when he's like, "Don't shoot this creature," and then like a few minutes later, he's like, "I'm going to shoot the creature," <laughs> like like within seconds. But we'll get into all that. <laughs> so the dog. He sees oh. the dog. Chris mentioned it. He's sitting there, and he. I don't know if the dog can really see him that well, but he's like waving like, Hey, Hey. And the dog just like looking the dog. Yeah. Just, like, could, could they have made that dog look any cuter, like panting, smiling, <laughs> like, it, like they really like really wanted to tug at you this part. Yeah. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to just <laughs> screw your head up. Oh my God. I did. I did like the kid's reaction though. I did like little, uh, little Martins waving. Oh, yeah. that's, that's such a kid 
thing to do. Whether or not the dog could see him doesn't really matter. So I did like that. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, we're going to test the, uh, the telepods with this beautiful golden retriever. (laughs) And you know, I mean, and this scene, I was okay with it. If it just ended right there, if it didn't include the other scene coming up, Um, you know, like, but again, like I question, you're going to use a gold, like a a big dog. There's so many other crappy animals out there. Like crappy animals. A rat. Peter, if you're listening, no animals. (laughs) Wait, are, are rats on Peter's list? I would hope so. I think all animals are. <laughs> Even like, but like, are insects? Yeah, no. I, I think they. I think it's a. I don't know, man. I don't know. Imagine if they had a list. They're like, all right, we protect every animal except scorpions. Those things are fucking. Uh, Ace Ventura doesn't like bats. That is true. That made no sense. So he. I mean, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so. Uh, Jerry Wasserman, who plays the character of Sims, I think they say his name one time, maybe. And he goes, oh, the dog's in there. It's moving. And then the thing, the dog jumps out, rips his hand out. And then you just see like the end of it. And that got him on the cover. His arm was on the cover of Fangoria magazine, which is like, he was so excited about that. And he was only on set for like two or three days. But for him, that was so cool. They interviewed him about the whole process of putting on the prosthetics and everything. So. That was that was a cool scene, man. It really like really screwed you up. Yeah, you, you know, you knew something was going to happen. I what again? I never seen this movie. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I definitely didn't expect <laughs> what it looked like. I mean, that was a little disturbing itself, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I th- I feel like um, I think they were messing with the expectations of people who had seen the first one. So when you're watching that, you're expecting the dog to just be like dead, like the baboon was in the first one. Whereas, so when it jumps out and it's a disgusting mutated blob <laughs> dog and it bites the dude's like hand off. It's, you know, it's the classic eighties jump scare, you know? Yeah. It was and good. it works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> Actually getting, getting to the beginning of that scene. What one thing that did work on me and I, it's super cheesy and cliche, but when Martin comes into the observation deck and the camera picks up and, and, and aims down into the laboratory and you see the telepods for the first time, So it's the first time you're seeing it after the first movie and the music swells. I loved it. It was so great. So it's so ominous. It's it's like, Oh, as soon as you see it, you're like, okay, these guys are going to ruin everything with these (laughs) pods because, because they're just are, they're an idiot, you know, they're they're an idiotic like lab corporation that just thinks that they're going to play God with these. And it just works. It's a perfect scene for me in this movie. Yeah, the music the music was great. The soundtrack was cool. There was you know the setups and uh no, I liked it. Yeah, that that really like set the tone for that too. So it's his fifth birthday. And this scene, given what's going on in the world, don't want to make light on it, but isn't it kind of gross now when you see somebody blow out birthday candles? <laughs> really? Nobody's ever gonna do that again. Well, I, I thought you were gonna say something else. I thought you were say knowing the movie and he's only five. And the other girls dating. Oh, him. I dude, right? There's a lot about. That. I mean, it's, <laughs> I started to go in that direction. I'm like, uh, it's a little, uh, you know. But yeah, but, but she doesn't know that. Okay, but, but we do. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you say you're never gonna blow out a candle again? Uh, I don't that's, know. That's what he said. <laughs> okay, I'll use like an air horn or something. Air no. horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's his fifth birthday, and it's like you you think it's gonna be so Bartok who's his, like his dad, he goes, I know what you want, privacy. So he gives him an apartment, which I thought the apartment was 
like across town or something, but it was like in that building. It's like, it's on, it's on the property. Yeah. It's like, it's like across the way. Yeah. Cause later yeah. on when he leaves there to get back to the lab, he's there in like three seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he like knocks the door down. So I'm like, how far away is this? But yeah, so he gets his own place. He gets offered a job. Things are looking good for Martin. Everything is looking swell. And 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 he tests the first thing. Or no, or that's later on. I was going to say the, the the phone situation, but that's way later on, right? The, when he tests the phone, transports. Yeah, the phone. that's yeah, that's that's, that's a little bit later. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll, I have a question for. Oh that. no, it's not that much farther. It's right after. It's pretty soon because he starts working on it by himself. He finds his dad's old tapes, so he pops them in. He's watching them, and then which was cool by oh, the way. Seeing seeing some Jeff Goldblum in there. You know, yeah, like, yeah that, like all clips. That was actually that was um, that was stock footage that, that that didn't get used for the first movie, which I okay. really liked. So it's yeah. awesome because I hate when movies when you're watching the sequel and they just reuse the same footage. So yeah. it feels like you're just watching the movie within the movie. So it was cool to see like it's a totally different take. It's different dialogue, um, which and then later on they use some stuff from the from the first movie. But I liked I liked a lot of that extra dialogue. I was like, oh, you're getting you're getting fresh gold bloom here. Yeah, that was cool. But so, so, so my question was then if, if he did it with the phone and it worked, why didn't they try that with the phone instead of using the dog the first time? Well, well, they've been trying to do organic. And then, and then when he tests, when he tests the phone, he, that's when that afterwards is when he tells uh, Beth that he kind of started from the beginning. Yeah. Right. So they've been able to transport inanimate objects, I think up to that point. And then they were trying organic. So he started from scratch the phone was the first thing he transported that actually came through correctly. And okay. then he's like, okay, now I'm going to try to move on to something organic, which is when he tries <laughs> Beth's cactus. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, yeah, we went a little too far. So uh, Mike, okay. So what is, what does that Beth actually do? Cause the first time he meets her, she's, she's playing with a fishing rod. She's fishing. Yeah, she's fly fishing. She's, she's got one of those sweet, you know, overnight office job <laughs> yeah. deals that you don't really have to do anything until someone like your supervisor walks in. <laughs> but I love those. But like Martin walks in, she has no idea who he is, but yeah. she's still still fishing. Like even after she sees him, she's like, "Oh, it's it's a it's a fake fly," you know, for <laughs> yeah. fishing. This could be her boss. Like she doesn't yeah. know this guy. <laughs> Actually, I, I want to also touch real quickly on the fact that his name's Martin, because uh, originally Eric Stoltz was supposed to be Marty McFly in Back uh-huh. to the Future. They started filming with him. Something happened. I don't remember the story. And then they brought in Michael J. Fox. So there's there's scenes online of him doing. Oh, he was terrible. Scene. If you watch some of the scenes, yeah, he was he was actually a stunt driver. I read that he was an uncredited stunt driver for Back to the Future. So I was like watching this, and, and when she calls him Marty at one point, I'm like Marty, <laughs> Marty. What if awesome. then Doc Brown breaks in? But I know. <laughs> Is so this I a love- spinoff? Yes. <laughs> yes. So I love when he when he first does the phone and makes sure it works. He calls up that one secretary receptionist voice, which you hear a bunch of times throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. She's a total bitch. Like every time, <laughs> yeah. again, I love when he's like, "I need some organic matter," and she's like, "Organic matter," and you hear like a really like old timey phone voice. She's like, he's like a potato, a plant, anything. <laughs> She's like, what's she say? The guys will be back at 8 a.m. Yes, 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 yes. But uh, yeah, the cactus, it goes through. It looks like a normal cactus. She's like, oh, I got it from California. And then when it comes through, it's just like super like twisted. It looks like one of the art exhibits from Beetlejuice. Like it looks like all like twisted looking. So right from there, man, that I'm like, all right, this is going to be, that would tear somebody up. She didn't look that impressed. 
Like, she had no idea what he was working on. She walked in there. Now, if you saw someone transport something from one place to another, I think that you'd be like, you know, it's awesome. Like, yeah. she, she was like, oh, okay. Like, she, like she, was, she was more concerned about the cactus than anything else. She loved that cactus. I would lose my mind. Yeah. I mean, like, she did not seem impressed one, one bit. Yeah, either say, wow, this is awesome or wow, this is scary, and then run back. I'm saying go back into my office, practice my fly fishing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I, I think she's awesome. I think she's super cute. Obviously, like, she was only a couple things, but she's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like she it. is. I, it's, it's weird. It's, uh, I wonder why she wasn't in more stuff. Maybe she chose not to be. Maybe it just wasn't working out. Or she was just in things that just didn't land. Like, yeah. some people just choose the movies that you know people are always working but sometimes they're well, don't forget, that, she, i think she was on i think 90210 for like a long time so i mean that could have uh, so that that ate maybe. up some years maybe yeah. and it ate up a lot of years of jamie's life because he watched it every time it was on. <laughs> <laughs> well this i mean this movie wasn't received very well so there's that too yeah which i don't know why but but uh so then the security guard total creeper he's like looking at her and then he even says to Martin, which again, he knows Martin, I'm sure from being in the lab and everything, mm-hmm. but he, and then he goes, yeah, she said, was that your girlfriend? She had nice. What does he say? Sweet nice ass. ass? Sweet nice ass. ass. Yeah. Yeah. Nice ass. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> but he's also playing with a taser. Yeah. Yes. That's, I mean, it's, well, it's, 19, it's 1988. You know, you could, you could still tell people that they had a sweet ass. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that guy, Jamie, that is a guy that's in another movie that we covered. He played the sergeant or the police chief for San Francisco in Baby Geniuses too. The one that <laughs> the one that the kid uh, was basically talking for. It's this guy plays a cop. If you look at his IMDb, chief and everything. Yeah. He's, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, the animal. He's in the animal. He's in a ton of movies. I think he was in Moving Violations. I don't know if you ever saw that. That's Bill Murray's brother. I think uh, he might have been in that, as a cop. Yeah, security guard. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey man, he does it well. Yeah, he's he got it. So then the montage comes up with the country song dancing, <laughs> and then and then it just they keep cutting in uh, confused reactions from the computer. Like he's working on the computer, she looks over at him, he makes like a frowny face. Then it's the opposite; she makes an upset face, and it just and the music's playing. Then cutting to dancing, cutting to fishing. <laughs> <laughs> so again, what does she do for a living? I don't know what because, she, I mean, because she hasn't gone to his house. She, she doesn't know where he lives at this point, I guess, you know, she, you know, so like, what does she do? Like she, she, she doesn't live there either. Right. She has an, her own apartment. Yeah, yeah. No, she's, she's got her, she's got her, she's, she's got her houseboat that we go to. Oh later. yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, no, cause she's literally, I, I, I had that too in my notes. I was like, all right, she picks up whatever job she's supposed to be doing and just becomes his lab assistant. And has plenty of time to do whatever she wants to do there, like including the, dancing. I mean, maybe he called Daddy Bartok and was like, "Hey, yeah. I oh. met this. I met this girl. She doesn't really have a lot to do in her own job. Can she be my lab assistant?" But I feel like that would have sent up some red flags with uh, with Bartok immediately. But because later know. in, it seems like he just does the key card on his own and gives it to her after yeah. they have like their little bit of fight. But uh, I think it's just bad scripting, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> he forgot a page and to go out on a limb. Yeah. <laughs> It goes right from like, uh, you know, 46 to 49. They're like, where are the two pages? Like, just shoot it, damn it. So maybe that's where the two months of like, or, but yeah, wouldn't they be walking through the hallway one day? And she's like, all right, have a great night. She goes out the door. 
he doesn't. <laughs> and he goes into like a utility closet. And well, he, he gave her a hint. He's like, oh yeah, when do you sleep? He goes, no, I don't sleep in the morning. I don't, I work, I work all night. I sleep at night. I don't sleep at night. Like, yeah. So he kind of told her I don't sleep, you know, yeah. which that's the other thing. Like, why doesn't he sleep? Flies don't sleep. I think I they, so. I, I think for their body size that they, I think they probably sleep, you know, seconds at a time. They probably have like little micro naps or something. <laughs> so a, a, a fly man, <laughs> would i don't i don't know i don't know it's super it I, makes no sense yeah i had that question i also had a question i know flies eat poop so does he eat poop oh yeah <laughs> well he ate cake yeah unless there was a poop cake and then could have been a poop found cake. out well i mean you know there's there's the scene in the first one where where goldblum's throwing up on all his food and then slipping Ugh. it up he like liquefies it <laughs> not well, enough was, for that there was, there was a lot of throw up in this one too yeah not a, not enough in this one <laughs> so then she says hey my friend is having a party and and he's like a part oh no get together and he's get like together. a get together and she's like you know what a get together is right where there's people there and he's like yeah and then the door's closing and she's like kind of like whatever like and he's she's like are you gonna go he's like yeah so then he shows up and he's just like standing in the back and the whole thing whole time i was thinking obviously the security guards know who he is scientists know how old he is and everything about him but all the other people no one has an idea like he's five years old and he's part fly and he's never met anyone his age or i mean or looking like his age like he's only seen the scientists and everything i think it's i think it is supposed to be that the company's just so big yeah that he's really he's you know for the first few years he was locked away basically so only those people saw him and now he's got a little bit more freedom but now only a few more extended employees are seeing him like security guards and stuff so, so that like, party was at the building? It was at yeah. the building. It was a different department. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I think more people live there than we think. <laughs> but those people are all like, like super normal. Like they're all like super normal, like employees. They weren't like crazy mad scientists like he's been dealing with. So they're all like looking at him like, oh, who's the new guy? Kind of, oh, that's him from, you know, he, oh, he works in a different sector and he's with Beth and, so it's like very conversational that he gets that other girl looking at him as she walks. I by. know she, yeah, she, dude, she, she wanted she, it. I fucks him. Like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hold your horses lady. He is five years old. <laughs> yes. So no, a few questions I have. So he, it's not like we had to know that Bartok would say, Hey, don't tell people because your situation is like really unique. He's smart. He understands that. But wouldn't Beth be like, so hey, so what do you what are you doing for work now? Yeah, I'm like teleporting these objects from here to there, and the people are like, holy shit, what are you doing? Or even yeah. him, like somebody walks up to try to make like small talk. Yeah, they, they don't like, talk at all. This guy's off. Yeah. <laughs> this guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> Standing he, in the corner. Yeah, he's five years old, and then he overhears the guys talking about, uh, like what is it? The, their longest living subject, two years mm-hmm. old, and then mm-hmm. that's when he sneaks in. And this is ah. Uh, this is where my daughter cried. Oh, I mean, right here. Yeah. Oh, you kidding me? Like, you know, like, first of all, we, we, well, the whole scene is disturbing. I yeah. mean, you know, and I have so many questions. I mean, first of all, why are they keeping it alive? I mean, that is there a reason why they keep it dog alive? For funsies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, I, I mean, mean they're, they're the genetics lab. So they're like, oh, let's see, let's see what happens. I guess. I guess. So, so she, she knew that the dog was there. Beth, no. And then why was he mad at her? I think he's just mad at everyone. Yeah, he like assumes everyone knows, and he's you know he's the butt of the joke kind of thing. Okay, exactly. you know, and 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 Bartok told him that it, like they had put it to sleep to you know put it out of its misery, and it wasn't. And so I think it's just a it's a it's a well of 
of emotions and he's just he's mad at everybody yeah okay. I, so I yeah. thought you knew so but seeing that dog crawl out my daughter starts tell me dad that's not the real i go it is and then you see the dog looking at him and trying to drink the water and the kid like it was hard to watch it was, yeah. it was disturbing yeah. that, that's know? a hell of a dog stunt double that dog you know that dog worked hard for that part you know you know how like mcconaughey loses a lot of weight that dog moved its eye to the side of its head. Oh, Doug, I'm, I'm, I hate to break it to you. I think it was a puppet. <laughs> it was a scary looking puppet, dude. When the one eye is like oh, all the way yeah. here and like. But you, but, but when you see the one eye, you see that the dog is still there. Oh, and that's, yeah. that yeah. was, that was rough. So, yeah. you know, he decides to, you know, put the dog out of its misery. Right. So here's disturbing part number two. So he decides to put the dog out of his misery. That's the best way he decides to suffocate it, like choke it out. And that's the best way to kill the dog. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, I think because of how deformed it was, it wasn't getting a lot of oxygen to begin with. So he's like, all right, I'll just cup its nose and it'll just go. But that's a horrible way to go. I mean, it, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, what, I what other way would it be? I guess he didn't have access to like, ah, you've know, seen old, old yellow drugs. Right? Oh, you want to shoot him? <laughs> he's going to shoot it. Well, you shoot the dog, it's over instantly. You're suffocating it. He had at least 20 seconds of, like, trying to breathe. I don't know. I mean, if he didn't have access to something that would put the dog to sleep, he's not going to have access to a gun. <laughs> he's going to lift it off one of the security guards as he's walking by. What about there's the fly? A lot, there's a lot of guns here. There's there is a, a lot, lot of guns. guns in yeah. Yeah. The, the kid has, is able to get access everywhere in the whole building. I th- I'm sure he can figure out where to get the guns. He is yeah. a genius. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. Suffocating. It was, was it chloroform or whatever? It was, I, I can't. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I didn't watch the death scene. I actually got up and walked into is the it, kitchen. Is it, really? oh, it was bad. You know what? It's, 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 movies typically don't really get to me, especially when I've seen a bunch, but I was like, I don't feel like watching this. And I just like walked up and I, I, went, <laughs> I went and got a drink for the 30 seconds. I don't mind people dying in movies. When an animal dies, I have a hard time. One of the yeah. one of the few times I think I cried. Would you ever see Project X with oh, the yeah. monkeys? Yeah. yeah. Oh my! When the monkey gets stuck in that one room, I was crying. That's rough. Yep. Bambi, Jamie, bawling. Rough. Rough. Well, that's any Disney movie. First of all, rough. <laughs> oh no! So so <laughs> so so with the dog. So he just has this horrific moment with the dog. And then he thinks in the ne- very next scene, he gives Beth, he, he like surprised her with a kitten. She gets like excited. And then he's like, let me throw this frigging thing in the teleporting thing. And that is horrific. Yep. Yeah, but but he good, knew. He already, you know. Good news. The cat lives. Cat lives. Save the cat <laughs> moment. So after he saves the cat and she looks at him and then she's like, you save the new cat. So I'm going to give you my pussy because the next part is just so confusing because they have, obviously they have sex. Wouldn't he be horrible unless he studied like pornography or something? Well, he's a genius. He is a genius. (laughs) (laughs) And he's accelerated. Yeah. (laughs) Which could be a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In and out ladies. Let's go. (laughs) He gets really nervous about it. He's like, okay, Beth, I'm going to stick it in at a 72 degree angle. <laughs> and then by the xylem in the flow. And they, it's like, but it was just weird. Like they did that. And then he slept the first time they were, uh, when he was getting his blood uh, drawn, he said, oh my God, I slept for two hours. Maybe it was because, you know, I, I have this girl that I'm with, but then the next after sex, 
he falls asleep again. So that's really weird for him to sleep yeah. at all. Well, he, th- he, he thinks, uh, he thinks, uh, his conditions decelerating, which is why he thinks he's just able to sleep now. He yeah. thinks he's like leveling out. No, he's just getting, he's just getting the good, good at night. So yes, yes. she's wearing him out. <laughs> or as the security card says later, uh, like a girl's like a jackhammer. Oh, so grody. It was. And just the angle when they showed the kid, the, the sex tape that he gave to her. Oh, why yeah. would he have given her the sex tape? Just the- extra, extra level of creep. Yeah. That was just weird. Yep. Yeah. Here, if you if you want to watch this later, you know, <laughs> I had to tape over an old episode of Cheers. So, but uh, yeah. So one thing that in the computers in these '80s movies, they just they're really smart. They're smarter than they really are because in this movie, you can have a conversation. Yeah, he's able to type in questions about mm-hmm. like, "Hey, am I able to re- remove the genes?" And it's like, "Do do 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 do." No, not without. And then he asks it in a different way, and it's like, "Yes," but, but computers don't never worked like that i don't think that was that was his uh his dad's creation too oh okay so in the first okay. one so like the, the, in, in the first one the computer was able to have a conversation yeah he does he makes it like voice activated too he like talks to it and uh i don't know if the, I don't, now i can't remember if the computer talks or not or if it maybe just spells it out on the screen but <laughs> you do see this a lot in 80s movies oh yeah the numbers jumbling on the screen, yeah, da, 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 yeah, da, 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 da. yeah, and you're like, "Oh, it's that's, that's the uh, that's the DNA sequencing." Yeah, so so the computer is actually smarter than the kid because he's the one asking the question, and the computer's telling him no. That is true. Hmm. Hmm. So how about his <laughs> arm? Like he he thought he thought it was from the blood being drawn, and yeah, he thought it was like an infection from, oh, from the syringe. When he when it starts pussing. Oh. <laughs> and he starts pulling it out, and it's just getting swollen, dude. It's it's getting. But he was pulling out. it. He was pulling out like cotton. Like what was that? That's what it looked like. That's like a. It's like the the cocoon webbing stuff, because eventually it starts coming like out of his face, like when he's supposed to be yeah. like getting into the cocoon. But yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, <laughs> that's actually talking about like pacing of this movie and like how it's broken down into parts. That's one of the that's one of the weird things about this movie is so we start off with the horrific thing, then we get the precocious kid in the lab movie. Now we're now we're starting to slowly get back into the the creepy sci-fi horror yeah. of it, and it's just I I did I did have issues with pacing this time around with this movie. Well, I think they you know they threw so much at us right off the bat that I think they had to have like a little lull in the middle because then it gets chaotic in the end. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I think it was like they, we just can't have a continuous chaos. So I think, I mean, the first part of it, I never seen a movie jump that fast, that yeah. hard, yeah. you know, and that gross within like five minutes. So I think yeah. they just needed to slow it down a little bit because the last like half hours were ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then the and then he, you see him start changing, obviously with the pus in his arm, but then when he finds out he's being watched, he starts ripping everything up in his apartment. Then he breaks into the security room. He starts just tearing everything up and then he runs off and then he's getting chased by the security guards and then the one says the famous line that chris said that i might get on a t-shirt about girl was like a jackhammer <laughs> you see him change you see that first time we see like a different side of martin and then he just toss him through the window and then he just runs off well i like how he says you have to get through me first oh. the guy the guy looks like he's in his 60s or maybe 50s maybe maybe even like late 40s Dad bod, like it, it would be one thing if you had like the rock standing there. But the guy looks like a a, a marshmallow. 
Yeah, I get the refurs, pal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, who are you? <laughs> yeah, and then he just runs off, and then he he sneaks into to Beth's houseboat. She's waiting for him with what does she hit him with? A bat? Was it a bat? Didn't she have like a bat or something? I think something. I think it was a bat. Yeah. Although I did, just to just to backtrack a second. Yeah. I lo- he, we get a little bit more of his like fly ability coming. Oh out. yeah. Yeah, he can't get through the gate, so then he jumps onto uh, he jumps like over it, and then like onto like another another houseboat, I think. And then yeah, yeah. and then we see him leap a good 10, 12 feet. So you're starting to see the transformation happen. I, I like that shot a lot, actually. It, it seems like he's he's transforming very fast at this point. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like with his father, because it was something that was it was a lab accident, it's a slower transformation. It's, he's, he's basically transforming for 90% of the movie. Yeah. Whereas this is, he's born this way and now it's, you know, he's excel he's been accelerated since birth. And now it's like, it's like an overnight thing. He's starting to transform. So why doesn't he get any of these, you know, like symptoms before five? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the timeline of the, of like, the half the, human half fly. Maybe yeah, life cycle of the fly. The, Brun- okay. the Brundle fly. I mean, you would think, I mean, in reality, if, if, if a human's turning into a fly, he would have some kind of symptoms right off the bat. You know, like he had nothing until five years old. I was just curious. Yeah. So I mean, did you guys, he, here's one thing that's pretty cool. Do you guys notice there was two like Jurassic Park references? We talked about one earlier. He says that, you know, the whole password thing, it reminded me of like Newman's character. Yep. yep. And then Bartok says it a, a bunch of times. Instead of, you know, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, the guy with the shotgun in uh, Jurassic Park, clever, oh, clever girl. Yeah, uh, he says, yeah, he says clever, clever boy like three times in the movie, Bartok. And it was like the same pacing. It was like eerily similar. So maybe like Michael Crichton or whoever put the script out there for Jurassic Park. Maybe they saw this movie and stole. Was Jurassic maybe. Park around this time or no? Uh, well, yeah, a few years uh, after. A few years later. Because, yeah. uh, I mean... <laughs> And I don't remember. I know, like, I know the director Chris Wallace did the special effects for the first movie. I don't. I didn't really look at who was doing it for this one. He was, was a it, supervisor for it, so maybe like it was his crew. Like Rick Baker has a crew that yeah, he, like yeah. has. But no, this guy worked. Are they, on, are they tied to like Stan Winston or any of those guys? I don't know. That's, you has, know, that's who went on to do Jurassic Park. But yeah, granted, that's has nothing to do with the script. <laughs> but no, it's like Chris Wallace Inc. is a lot of things on here. But dude, this guy okay. worked on Airplane, the original. He did Gremlins, Piranha, uh, The Fly, the original, Return of the Jedi. So he has like oh, some... Wow. That makes that makes sense with him doing this movie because this this feels like uh, this feels like a Roger Corman movie, like a, yeah. like a crappy B movie, yeah. just with like a slightly better script and a better budget. But it's the same idea. It's, you know, it, it's... It's a totally different movie from the first one, really. Well, I would say The Fly, when we see him in a little bit, looks a hundred times better than Munchie. <laughs> yeah. like, Maybe a little. Only a little. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because they didn't have to pay Dom DeLuise. The, the <laughs> He's able to allocate the funds the right way. Could you imagine The Fly monster being voiced by Dom DeLuise? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so then Mar- uh, Martin stays the night, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he stays the night. When he wakes up and his face is changing, dude, he looked like uh, like Clint Howard. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry dude. to Clint. Sorry to Clint Howard. Jeez, you just lost the fan. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> oh, Clint. Well, let me interview your brother. 
But no, <laughs> no, honestly, dude, he looked just like him. And I was like, holy shit. So then they go to the buddy's house, uh, the father's, which I don't know if they were really friends for the first one because he was with Gina. Oh, Davis, no, right? no, they yeah. hate each other, which, no, which, he, which he gets to in yeah. this briefly. No, it was the ex-boyfriend, right? Yeah, he's, he's like her ex-boyfriend. She meets uh, Seth Brundle, Jeff Goldblum, and they fall in love and the whole thing spins out of, out of there. And then Jeff Goldblum, Brundlefly, tries to kill Stathis at the end. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he dissolves his hand and his foot and like eats them. So was this like a surprise cameo kind of thing? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it was just like, oh, here, here's the one guy we got from the first movie. So he can get, <laughs> give, give a little background exposition and, you know, and we see the, we see a little bit of the, the video footage of him talking in the beginning. Yeah. And, uh, I liked it though. I think the scene works for as brief as it, as it is. And he had a, he had a great one line. Oh yes. <laughs> Cost me an arm and a leg. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I think you're going to say your father really bugged me. Yeah, that oh, too. Man. It's so good. <laughs> His delivery is just a uh, chef kiss. Yes. It's perfect. No, he was good. And then he's like, oh, maybe I'll invite you in. When he doesn't let him in, he like yeah. opens the door, crack, slams it. And then Martin just punches over top, opens the door. And he's like, all right, I should invite you in. And he's just <laughs> drinking. Yep. And he's just, you know, whatever, this is fine. And then you, and then he turns, he does that little 180. He goes, all right, they're going to know your car. Take my Jeep. That's in the garage. And that does not look yeah. like a Jeep. That's <laughs> the biggest Jeep I've ever seen. What was it like? I don't remember that. It's like a really old Wrangler or something. It was right? huge inside. Like when they showed the inside <laughs> shots, it looked like the inside of like a, like an Airstream, like almost like a. Um, it, you know what it, I think it was one of those like old, like safari style Jeeps that they yeah. put out like in the eighties. Yeah. Well, you know what though? Yeah, the 180 does seem a little abrupt if you're just watching this movie, but it—he's kind of a—he is a bit of a douchebag in the first movie. He's—he's very—he's very very manipulative and and misogynistic. But there, there is this like sliver of good guy that you see even in that movie. So it's—it's kind of they're just playing on that again. Yeah, but I guess if you, if you didn't see the first one, there's a lot of confusion with this the second. Sure, one. And, oh yeah, and, and and for people listening, you got to watch the first one. You can't just <laughs> you can't just plop down and say, "Hey, let's watch the fly too." You know, it's, <laughs> it, it it makes no sense without seeing the first one. Correct, but it's starting to get pretty awesome because they stay at the Rest Easy Motel. The cool logo it reminds me like the old McDonald's like late night menu like uh, Half Moon guy. And then the Bartok obviously has a hold on, you know, he has connections. He's able to put them on the news, like that they're escaping and they I think they said he killed someone, right? He's on the run. Yeah. It must have been something like that because the cops are involved because it was on the news. And then they stay in the room. They but before you get to the room, so you see this in every movie. And I don't think I've ever seen this. And I've stayed at motels before. There's always a creepy guy that lives in the back back room right at the front desk coming out in pajamas like in every mm-hmm. movie like now you go to a motel do you ever, ever have to wake anybody up and they come out of the like the, the back room to, to come give you the key like i've never no. seen that before no uh i've never had to wake somebody up but i've stayed at places that people are really seedy and dressed like like two in the morning like dressed in something that no uniform just like chilling out like laying yeah, that cd is one thing but it's like you in these movies they're always in the back room like sleeping like the, like their bedroom is right in the back room yeah. <laughs> it's like those it's those weird like mom and pop motels that i'm not sure actually exist 
I guess they do. Well, I guess with the name, the rest easy motel, I think, uh, you know, I kind of gave a little bit away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, like the, the, the cheapest hotel I've ever stayed in was like a, a motel six or whatever. And, you know, they just have some guy or girl behind the counter all night. Right. That's you know, a, you're not waking you know, was... up Jed to come open up the motel room for you. Yeah. <laughs> so when he wakes up in the morning, when Martin, well, not even the morning, it's like the middle of the night. She wakes up, she looks over at him. He's kind of like looking at the, the fly. What do they even call them? Fly traps? Fly buzzers? Oh, the, yeah. The, uh, the, bu- yeah. Yeah. There's um, just, he's staring at it like half cock sitting up and she's like looking at him. And when she gets close, he looks like a Star Trek villain. He does. He has like the, like the bulging out of the, of his forehead. Yeah. And the, the spiky hairs and stuff. Is that when he's sleeping in the bathtub or is that, or is he still in the no, bathtub? No, he's, si- he's sitting, no, I think on he's the sitting in the chair, on, on a chair and a couch. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of dim there, so like it's like a faded light on him. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought you look a little like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> like his going, dad. Yeah, his dad. I know. I was, you know, had a little resemblance. Oh, that's what I, that's what I wanted to bring up earlier. Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, their kid's not going to be Eric Stoltz. <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got two people, dark hair. Jeff Goldblum is very tan. And Gina Davis. Tall. And very yeah, too tall. Well, I guess Eric Stoltz is pretty tall. Um, yeah, he seems pretty tall. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, the two of them they they give birth to this this redheaded kid yeah. with like bright red freckles. Obsessive genes took over there. <laughs> but no, so then Beth panics. Which who wouldn't if you were with some fly guy? And uh, she calls Bartok. They show up. They take him in, and then. Dude, then again, the creeper, the next time we see Beth, she's in a room Ugh, naked, yeah. and they're just hosing her down. And he's just standing. Watching. He's standing oh, and yeah. watching. Yeah. With a, with a creepy, like, smile on his face. Like, just, oh, yeah, he's I forget, horrible. I forget what he says there, too. He's like, he's like, good job, boys, or something like that. It's, it, it's just, oh, it's awful. I hate it. Actually, oh. one, one good gross out moment we skipped over was, uh, He's, he he pulls out his yes. eye in, oh. in the motel, and he's like, and you see the the fly eye underneath. Yeah, yes. I, I wrote down the line. He says, "Beth, if you stay a while, then I'll show you a magic trick you'll never <laughs> yeah. forget." Yep. So what crazy. the hell is that? They already had sex. What what's well, that, what other magic trick? I, well, he he's he's talking about transforming, but <laughs> this is the timeline. Now, uh, so you're. I thought they were again. They, they they didn't know each other that long, even if it was a few months. Yeah, you start seeing this, you're not going to haul ass and get out of there. Like you start seeing what he looks like at this point, you really don't know him that well. I mean, you know, it's only been a couple months. Yeah. I think it's time to leave. Like she's yeah. the fact that she's like, well, so she she does leave. She freaks out at that point. Yeah, sort of. Does she does she go to get Bartok? Is that why Bartok? She calls. She calls on the payphone. Right. Yeah. Calls she calls to them. Yeah. Just come get him. Yeah. Because the she's like this shit's too too much for me. I did not sign up for this. Yeah, and then. Then, yeah, but it took, it took her a while to get to that point. My, my point is, though, like, he did a lot of, you know, he started looking creepy for a long time. She would have left a long time ago. So it, it did take her a lot to get to that point. Well, I, th- I think I think in the beginning it was more of she's trying to help him. Well, he only looked a little swollen. Like, and he that, looked yeah. And now we're at the point of, like, his personality's changing. And he's becoming more monstrous and, like, yeah. being super creepy. Right. So she's like, all right, this is, he's, he's going to turn into a monster or he's going to die or both. Let me... Let me at least call them in and they'll maybe, maybe they'll get him to a point where he can be 
uh, you know, he can recover or something. She, Cause she has no idea what their plans are. Yeah. Or what he's going to really turn into. He doesn't really, she doesn't really know. It's not like he divulges any of that information to her that, that I can yeah. remember, but dude, then the movie just changes oh. and I love it <laughs> when he is the cocoon and uh, Bartok's like talking to him, trying to get him to like, you see his face in there. Like you still see Eric Stoltz's face. And he's like talking to him. And it's funny, all these people that shitted on him, you know, it comes back to bite him. And first, the female doctor. Oh. I love that scene. So, yeah, but see, and you see, again, you see this in a lot of movies. So, like, she starts seeing him, you know, come out. She's standing there in the corner, like, not running out of the room, just watching the whole thing happening. And what a frightening face. I think she's, like, trying to scream or, like, <laughs> like she was breathing heavy. No, she was breathing heavy, I think, or something yeah. like that. Why would you just leave? Like, why is she just standing there watching? Why do they always do that? Uh, frozen with fear. Frozen yeah. with fear. That's <laughs> she's so horrified. She can't believe what she's seeing. And uh, you know, then she yeah. gets hers in the end because she's off. I, I don't know. The, yeah. the, the minute I see that leg comes out, I'm I'm out of there. I, 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 it won't take long. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but I love the way they they revealed him in pieces. Like mm-hmm. you didn't see, they didn't like really like if seen this movie that like the first time in a movie theater, like with a bunch of people in the dark, that would have been like such a cool moment because you see a little bit, you really just see her just get like knocked into the wall. And then when they come in later, they're like, Hey, where's the doc? And they look up and she's uh, what's his name again? The other doctor. Oh, Dr. Shepard. Shepard walks in. He's looking for, her. he has like his, uh, he has his thing he's writing down. He looks up and then she's there just like impaled onto the ceiling. Well, you know what it is? The first movie, you don't really see a fly, right? Like Jeff Goldblum looks all creepy and just deformed, but he doesn't turn into an actual fly, does he? Not till like the very end. Oh, so he, he does turn into an actual fly? Like you see him like, like yeah, Eric Stoltz did? Yeah, yeah, he actually he looks more fly-like than Eric Stoltz uh, does. This, oh, is like, okay. this is like crazy, wild, big monster thing. There's some... There's some characteristics that they brought over, but his, Jeff Goldblum's face in the first one, he, at the very end when he's fully transformed, like all his human skin is sloughed off and everything, uh, he looks more fly-like. He's got the little like the little mouth thing going. And, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, Does his voice get really high? Oh he, no! At that point, he can't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how they always do? Like a voice of a fly, like like yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Oh, actually, I wanted to bring up Dr. Shepard because that guy uh, is he's played by uh, like Frank Turner, Frank C. Turner. That guy, like like um, like the other like the guy who gets his hand bitten off. He's in 200 things, too. And most most people probably know him. He was in he was in the uh, the 1990 it miniseries. He plays uh, he plays the abusive father to Bev in that. Oh, okay. So like. But when he pops up and stuff, like you know him, he's got that. He's he's got that. Oh, he's that creep. He's that creep. Yeah, he's got and and, and just he's got that thin face. He always looks like shocked or pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he definitely had a shocking face going down the stairs. That whole yeah. like sequence. But I'm sure not one of his credits is he a likable character. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks like him and Jerry Wasserman kind of look like. If you look at their photos from like around that time, they kind of look like the same guy. When I first started watching yeah. it. Just before I interviewed him, I'm like, I thought it was him. And then I found this other clip that had his name attached to it. I'm like, oh, that's him. But they kind of like have like that, 
they kind of look like if you like while you're watching it, like they could be like brothers. Have maybe, a look. Maybe you're saying all <laughs> white guys look alike or something. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo. But uh yeah, so so then Bartok, which is really cool. Not Bartok, uh Shepard, when the fly finally confronts him and he grabs him by the tie and he's dragging around the hallway. It's kind of like from earlier in the movie when he was a kid, he would, when they showed the one security footage, he was dragging Dr. Shepard around the room when he was a little kid by his tie and just pulling him around. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of doing the same thing. Yep. <laughs> a few other things like that that come up. But, dude, I think he looks so cool. I, I love it. Yeah, the creature design? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do like it. It's, it, it. I like that they didn't just try to do the same thing as the first movie. Um, but yeah, they go all like they go all alien on this. It's just a yeah. big Hulkin monster. You know, it's going to murder everybody. Well, I think, you know, in the first one, you, you really didn't see what the fly could do. You know, I mean, like he had like little moments of, you know, breaking the guy's wrist or spinning. But like here is like he's the fly. Like, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a man fly, uh, you know, and it was the, I think the whole last like 15 minutes was awesome. But he loved yeah. the dog. He kid the dog, the Rottweiler. I was a little nervous at that. I mean, uh, you know, uh, just because you don't know what, you know, again, never seen the movie before. I didn't know if he was still part in there. Yeah. And then when the dog comes over, my, my daughter's sitting there, he goes, no, don't tell me. <laughs> I don't know. And then he, he, yeah, he let the dog live. He pet yeah. it. He pet it. You just saw like the POV of him, the dog. And then you just see the, the little. Oh, so you, now you know that his little Martin still, still yeah. in there. I love, I love the scene of him petting the dog with a big fly hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> well, and then he has a, he has a similar moment with Beth, uh, you know. Yep. He yeah, sees, when he sees he, her, yeah, he, he looks her right in the face, and he's like, "Okay." Wasn't there a point which? Oh, maybe it was at the end when she kisses him, but all like the gook and. Uh, oh. That was the thing. That, I was like, "Did she kiss him, or did she? Are they like touch foreheads?" No, no, no. There was a kiss involved. Okay, there's slime. Stuff. I don't that, get it. You're that smacking going. You, that would be scary, wouldn't you? Worry like you don't know what this guy is. You just found out what he was. Well, wouldn't you also be worried that maybe you're pregnant? Yeah. Well, maybe he's protection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, I like how Bartok says, all right, I don't want him harmed or killed. And they're running around with machine guns. I know. <laughs> stocked up. It was yeah. after he said that. Then all of them all grabbed machine guns. It was so like, what do they think they're going to do with them? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I love, I love too, because he's so adamant about not hurting or killing him. And then at the end, when everyone's dead, he's like, all right. I, he's like, I'm sorry I came to this, but now I have to kill you. Yeah. So you just did a, you just did a 180. Like, oh, he had to protect himself, but yeah, yeah, he was a creep. And, so and I like, I, I like that buzz noise too that he, Eric Roberts had. Uh, Eric Stoltz, Eric Roberts. Yeah. Eric Roberts would have been great in this role. <laughs> <laughs> but he had, a, he had a buzzing like fly sound when he was around, like loud. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, the effects are so awesome. I love the security guard that's looking for him. And then he sprays this, the acid yes. all over his face. And then you just see him like screaming. And then when you see him again, and it's just like, it's just barely, it looked barely like ahead. It reminded me of Robocop when the I, guy was, mel- was melting. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, think, I, think that's, I think that holds up as one of the best effects in any movie. Because oh. he spray he sprays him with the with the acidic vomit, melts his face. You're you're watching the guy's face melt in real time. Yeah, he falls to the ground. The guy's still screaming. You're seeing the breath come out. Yeah. Now one, that guy would not be alive. <laughs> he would just die from immediate shock. 
but then the other security guard comes over to comfort him. Yes. And like t- t- takes him out, takes him by the hand is like, you look okay, buddy. Like you're going to be all right. The guy's face and hand and legs are like gone. Yeah. <laughs> Cause when they do the, then they do, they pull back because you think it's just his face. Then you see his hands melting off. His feet are like melting off. You're like, just shoot the guy. Yeah. Put him out. And then even the, the, the next scene when one of the security guards gets close to the fly, he gets tossed under the elevator that happened oh, to be going yes, down. Yes. And dude, that looked awesome too. Yeah. Dude, his head exploding, getting crushed. It looked good, man. So then how come when the, the creepy security guard had it on his hand, he only had like a few, like, like little, little marks. Yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't, wasn't enough, I guess. No. <laughs> and, I, and I honestly think his death was not good enough. Like he needs something. He needs something. Yeah, yeah, he deserved worse. He deserved a lot he, worse. Sh- he should have had the face melting. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That should have yeah. been the climax of the movie with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He kind of let him off easy, like just crack. Not easy, but he cracked his back <laughs> and like fold him into a pretzel. <laughs> Falls him over. Yeah, drops him onto the ground, and then it's the showdown, just one on one. And then he, and then he knew that you know that he had that gun on him. He he grabs it. He points it at him, and. You almost thought like he was going to, there's not much human to him. Only the fact that he's very manipulative and he said, call me dad. And mm-hmm. he really just, he was just a subject the whole time for his experiment. But for a second, I was like, maybe he's just going to let him, let him live because obviously not. He fires a shot right into him pretty <laughs> quick. First, he, he stuns uh, Beth with a taser yep. after she tries to help. I, I don't think a taser works that way. <laughs> it doesn't like, you know, fly. Uh, the fly and like it, it, it pass out within two seconds. Like it was like yeah. a little quicker shot. They like slammed her against the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting to the end here, but yeah. But uh, going back, we you know to get to the end, Martin finds out how to cure himself of being a fly man. Yep, and he doesn't want to do it. He didn't want to sacrifice anyone else because he said to uh, the. Stathis when they were at the house he's like you know you know how to do this don't you you gotta do it and he is like no i don't want to i don't want to take another life in order to save my own and then he has to get to the point like come on this guy bartok has no reason he shouldn't be living at all for what he's done and that was a really cool scene because when they go into the telepod then go to the next one and when they come out it looked like human centipedes it looked just like it. <laughs> I never saw that movie, but uh, it, was, it was like human centipede mixed with like old porridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but now when they transported a human, didn't they have to have no clothes on? Yeah, I did think about that too. Because <laughs> I was thinking about that. Why is like it's like so, so the transportation really uh, it it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have worked because he was fully clothed. Yeah, uh, Bartok. So, did you want to see know, Bartok fully nude? We don't. We don't know what you, you didn't want him. We don't know what Martin did with the computer. We know, wow. like, we know he has it like set up, so maybe he just knows. Hey, or they, I, they, I might they, have to. I'm gonna have to drag someone in here with me. Yeah. Or they could have said, you know what? I, the audience has seen a lot of gross things. We don't need to see Bartok naked. <laughs> yeah. yeah <that's laughs> that would be, be like over the top. Big know? daddy, big daddy Bartok. <laughs> and then even the even to show the emotional attachment, even though he knows this guy is using him as an experiment. It like kind of tugged at you a little bit when he had him in there and to start the sequencing, he uses his fly hand, he puts it down and it's D A D dad. 
So it was like right in front of him the whole time. And yeah, dude, when he comes out normal, that was, and not say it was, it wasn't surprising because that's like the ending, the happy ending that could happen for a science fiction movie. But God, again, she kisses him. Why? (laughs) She's just so in love with her boyfriend of three months. Who's a monster (laughs) and five years old. (laughs) That is the part I can't get over. Again, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. Yeah. Actually, know that. So, I feel like that. So that's like the last time we see them, and then we get another, and then we get another beat, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh. <laughs> that's the last time we see them. I feel like there should have been a couple more minutes tacked on at the end. With there, giving, there is a deleted ending. Alter, oh, okay. Alter ending. I feel like so, they needed they needed some closure, and maybe I saw that deleted scene because I felt like I there was a scene that I knew about that was missing. They they the sort of deleted scene basically has them i think at by the houseboat or somewhere looking out and she walks over to him and says you know how are you feeling is everything okay and like he hugs her and then the camera zooms on his face and he looks at the camera and he goes yes everything's okay and then he zooms out like so you see his eyes and uh you know kind of like hinting maybe everything's not okay oh i thought it was gonna be like more like i think you're gonna say like she was pregnant yeah, like a test she's like martin come here look at and then Fly three. I, I I do like that this gets a happy ending because the end of the first one is so bleak. Oh, and which it ha- I feel like it has to be that that movie. The movie from start to finish is bleak, but this is like it's it's the it's the hokey happy ending eighties yeah. movie. But uh, you know, but Bartok as that creature like the dog sludging <laughs> out like army crawling. I love that. Oh, I love that. But it was like such a, and then the very end of the movie is just a zoom in on the food dish. Yeah. And it has the fly credits roll (laughs) on it. Like you're watching the names of the the most important people, not about the most important, but more like the directors and producers on there. It's pretty, pretty like, it's happy, happy. It's, it's, a, happy, it's, it's happy, but it's very disturbing. It's a I roller mean, coaster yeah. of an ending. It's it's happy, and then all of a sudden, it's as unapologetic as you can get with with a villain's ending. Yep. yep. So that was Fly Two. We'll go to our guest first. So, uh, Chris, would you recommend Fly Two? I would. Um, it, you definitely have to watch the first one. As I said, it doesn't have that great sci-fi horror artistry that the original has. Cause you, you know, you had David Cronenberg, the master, yeah. the master of body horror on that movie, but for, for making a, you know, a, a somewhat sillier monster movie that, that does still have some of the, the heartbreaking moments that the first one has. It's a solid sequel. I, I think it, I think it's, it's been harshly judged over the years, but uh, Agreed. there's fans out there. I, I've talked to them. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked to, I've talked to them. They're out there. All right, Jamie, are you one of those fans? Yeah, you know, I'd never seen the movie movie before. Um, I remember seeing The Fly many times, loved it. Um, and I think this is a good follow-up. You know, it's definitely not as good as the first one. Um, the first one, first of all, I mean, you have Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. So, you can, you know, two top actors. Um, but it was good. It was, an, it was entertaining. It's a typical 80s, you know, had an 80s feel to it. Um, but I think the storyline, once you understand what's going on, especially after seeing the first one, I think it's a good follow-up. Because you, you really don't want a repeat of the first one. And they kind of took this in a so big different you know direction. So I think it was definitely worth watching. Yeah, I love the creature effects, and I love that it felt like an eighties movie. Yeah, like the rom com mm-hmm. feel, the kitty part of it. So there's like so many different things put into it, and solid, 
Solid sequel. So that's it for Fly 2. Next movie that we're going to be covering is probably one of the most insane movies we've been covered because it looks crazy. Never even heard of it at all until I was lucky enough to interview somebody that I didn't even know was in a sequel until like mid conversation because in the email she was like, Oh, I was never in any sequel. So I didn't even really like look and it's at the very top. It's like one of her last movies she's done. It's Samurai Cop two deadly vengeance <laughs> with has uh, Tommy Wiseau as the bad guy in the movie. And I interviewed Kristen DeBell. Uh, she was in so many things in the 70s and the 80s, then took some time off to raise a family, but she was in Meatball. She was AL in that. She was the first on-screen boyfriend of Jackie Chan in Battle Creek Brawl. And Blood Brothers, she was the first on-screen boyfriend of Richard Gere. So she has some cool stories about her career. Really awesome Bill Murray story. So check that out. And Samurai Cop 2, I'll remind you guys next week, but you can watch that for free on Tubi and Vudu. But yeah, so that's it. Don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. And check out our new website, sequelsonly.com. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.